0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Life Leadership and the Pursuit of Greatness. We are talking tonight with Coach Ray Riesland about what it means to lead in the storm, being a leader in adversity at a time of crisis. Coach Riesland has been around many different programs, many different industries, and has been a leader in everything that he's done, not only through the way He handles himself, but in his character, his commitment, and his communication. We can't wait to hear what Coach has to say. Here we go. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Life, Leadership, and the Pursuit of Greatness. I'm Tim Lovell. I'm hosted with Dwayne Mathis. And as you heard in the intro, we are excited to have Coach Ray Rieslunds on board with us tonight to talk about leading in the storm. Before we kick that subject off, Coach Rieslunds, uh, do you mind just giving us your quick elevator speech?
1: Uh, yeah, thanks, Coach Lovell, for letting me uh, come aboard. Uh, just an opportunity to to give back. I've been blessed to be involved for 41 years uh, as an educator and a coach. Uh, a lot of different high school levels, D1 at the University of Toledo, obviously D3 at Cornell. I've been involved both as a head coach and as an assistant. Um, strength training backgrounds, I've worked with multiple sports and both genders, so I'm just uh, really excited to to be a part of uh, some of the ways that we're communicating uh, coaching now and just uh, the way that we work with people relationally, and what a, you know, perfect topic uh, given the pandemic and the things that we're dealing right now with as uh, coaches, but also with our young student-athletes.
0: Yeah, that's, that is uh, perfect timing, to be honest with you, and, and when Coach Mathis and I were sitting here, Talking about uh, having you on the show, uh, Dwayne said, "Let's let's have just Ray just lead the show and talk about what it's like to to lead in, in this type of situation, and not only just like you mentioned with the pandemic, but there's so many other situations that that can take place when you're when you're leading a group of people, uh, not only staff members, um, uh, but also athletes or people that are trying to do the work that you're telling them to do. So, um, can you can you talk about?" what that experience is like when you're the leader and you have, you have to lead people to the other side, if you will.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that we could go on it, but the reality is, is that we all have a story. You know, we're all on a journey, whether we're the student athlete or the parent or the coach or the administrator. And um, we, we really all have been in various storms. Um, Some of them more serious than others, but they impact us physically with injuries or emotionally, with loved ones or whatever it might be, and I sure feel like uh, we've had our share of those. Um, whether that be through a job situation or just through our immediate family, uh, what we're dealing with now obviously is a little bit different. It's you know global and it's it's just um, you know something that you had heard a lot about um, and you didn't think maybe you'd have to deal with it. But from a coaching perspective, uh, many times what I try to do is look at you know, what is it that we really need, um, you know, in a leader uh, at a time like this? So I think back to what would I want? We have two sons, you know, what would I want for our sons or what would have I responded to, you know, in this kind of situation? And I'm a strong faith-based person, so I'll share a little bit about that. But I know some people listening, that might not be their gig, so they can go more towards values and morals and integrity. Um, But Basically, the leader has to be stronger than the storm. Hmm. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I love and that. Me, you know, for me, if it goes to Psalm forty-six, I mean, obviously, I'm getting a little, little bit faith-based here, but I mean, that you, we have to be the refuge. We have to be, you know, the the confident person in the storm, and and we're just as human as anybody else, and we're affected, but somehow whether it be the captain uh, could be, you know, the player or us as coaches or the assistant coach, you know, we have to be strong enough and consistently able to share that and show that whether it be relationally um, by taking personal interest in the student athlete, not just as a player, but in their other activities and their other, you know, personality traits, um, you know, or whether it be, just the way that we walk and the way we do things in our own life uh, relating to other coaches, relating to other sports, you know, supporting other things educationally. Um, So that's, that's my challenge uh, still having been at this a number of years. And I think it's everybody's challenge is just, can we rise above the storm? How can we, um, you know, continue to operate in a poised presence uh, and in a way that uh, they can sense our caring attitude for them and for the program or the system that we have in place.
0: So, Coach, how do you how do you provide that clarity for people um, when, when they when they need it most? Well, first,
1: like I say, I kind of try to identify what it is that we need. You know, what, what kind of leadership do we need? And then you kind of then go back. OK, how do you get that? How do you get that presence? How do you get that, you know, type of relationship? And I think for me, uh, a lot of it is connecting individually with the person, even though no person on our team is greater than the team, obviously, the sum of the parts. Uh, but it's through authenticity. You know, it's, it's through being real. Um, it's through being consistent. Uh, I was talking a little bit earlier uh, today on, on a Twitter feed, John Gordon was you know, talking about how do you communicate leadership? And he had a lot of those kinds of things, um, you know, like trust and like, you know, belief, you know, in a system and, and how do you, you know, how do you build that? Obviously we do a lot of it to our own actions. Um, but we have to be willing, uh, to get to know the athlete and for the athlete to get to know us. I don't I can't think of anybody that I trust that I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of blind. <laughs> I mean, good luck. It might work out for you. I don't know. But but that's kind of, you know, so even as much as I've been involved, good, bad, or indifferent, however people evaluate me as a person or as a coach, um, I still think uh coaching as an assistant at the high school level, I need to earn that trust and I do that by being authentic by being relational by being consistent by trying to come into their lives consistently with a caring attitude and uh, hopefully that will give them hope and then they can do the same thing Uh, we're hoping to do some of those things this fall you know with our players individually in position areas Uh, we have a lot of teammates that know of each other uh, but they don't know each other relationally Um, and so how can we ask questions, you know, to each other and, and learn, you know, about some people outside of their position area or outside of how they played last week. Um, so we actually kind of create a little deeper relationship in our family. So that's where I would go. Uh, I know that's not fancy, but that's just down to earth, you know, getting to know people. Uh, I would say at the heart level, um, I use acronyms as you're aware. Um, I think hope is a very powerful thing. I think that's a head-level topic. And for me, that's honoring opportunities presented every day. Uh, Tim has heard that. Uh, But faith uh, is at the heart level. And that's when you continually see that people are honoring those opportunities. You know, they're, they're hearing it at the head level, but then they apply it and it becomes more of an action thing where it's just expected and everybody does it together And now you have something at the heart level that's real. It's not just thought about. It's not just mentioned. It actually is kind of expected. And for me, faith is finding all inspiration, you know, through him or her. Um, So you could use that. It could be a parent. It could be a spouse. It could be God. It could be, you know, whatever the the appropriate situation would be.
2: Coach, when you're talking about, uh, you know, adversity, And, you know, as leaders, oftentimes we talk about focusing on, you know, your weaknesses. But uh, something I I read and I was I wanted to get your insight on it is, you know, some someone said uh, and I forget where I read it, but uh, focus on your strengths as a leader instead of your weaknesses. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think we're we're stronger as coaches and as student athletes and as people if we know what our weaknesses are. Um, but I think we do have to maximize our strengths. Um, and sometimes um, it's hard to be humble enough to, to acknowledge and be aware of, of weaknesses. Um, but I think it's your strengths that will help you uh, through those. And you can sometimes turn those you know, into a strength uh, by just claiming them you know, Mm. being real, identifying what that is. And that's hard in coaching because if we make a mistake and we own up to it, you know, in front of a team or in a team meeting or something like that, you know, are they going to see that as being, you know, authentic or transparent, or are they going to see that as coaches, just an idiot?
0: Mm. Yeah, (laughs) Um, You know, I
1: mean, there's, that's why you have to be extremely close And they have to know that you are a person and you make mistakes, but they also know you're well-prepared and you're meeting them at a heart level and that you are not taking this for granted. This is serious and it's, you know, it it means a lot to the the family, your team. Um, And so uh, hopefully that doesn't happen very often.
2: Well, I know that uh, you know this guy, uh, but uh, one of my first coaches that I worked with is Gary Stamp. And Gary taught me one of the things that I, I still carry with me today is, you know, when, you're, when your team does not perform to the level that they they probably should, to everyone outside of the team, it's that falls on you. You know, to everyone outside of the team, you didn't do what you should have done as a leader to prepare them to be in a situation to, you know, to win the game per se. Um, and I, that's something that I've always carried with me in regards to like, whether I'm talking to, you know, media or, you know, someone else outside of the program, you know, we have to do something better as coaches. And, and, and I even say that to the players. And so, you know, we need to do better as coaches to put you in a position to, to win the game, which, you know, sometimes you, like you said, it does, you do run the risk of kind of making yourself sound like you're not a good coach or uh, a good, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. But I think ultimately um what you're you're trying to do is continue to build that hope inside of your players and you know if you can take that onus and put it on yourself you're going to be in a much better situation
1: yeah i think if we expose ourselves Dwayne, um what the players are looking at uh is then you know how are we responding to that okay you know coach made a mistake or okay we're acknowledging that we experienced this together you know we all either had this happen because it was a great experience, so that's on all of us, what a blessing, or, you know, we kind of peed it down our leg here and we all have to take some ownership in it. But I think what they're looking for, or at least what I would look for uh, in working with another coach or a coaching staff or as being a student athlete myself is not the fact that the coach admitted, you know, something, but I would look then as to how do, you know, the coaches respond, you know, and how do they – bounce back from that Uh, because that's really what we're talking about is more the adversity thing. It's not so much the falling that you see all the time or the failing. It's, it's then how do you utilize that, you know, to, to get better, to redirect your goals or to learn more professionally and not to let it just totally wipe you out. So as an athlete, when you have a turnover, you know, late in the fourth quarter, you know, you think that, you know, you totally, blew it, you know, and everything's on you, you know, you're going to look to see how someone else responded to that. And it could be the captain of the team. It could be another teammate. It could be your coach. Um, But, but those are the things that I think are sustainable as just uh, those patterns of how we respond to both success and failure. And then probably everything in between. I've always shared something that Nothing is as good as it seems. Nothing is as bad as it seems somewhere in between reality falls. And uh, we had a real tough year last year. Uh, Never been a part of something like that before, but uh, you know, that just kind of, you know, helps that phrase come full circle. Hmm. Uh, Nothing is as bad as it seems. You know, we did a lot of really good things, but you know, it was very tough. Um, So, you know, where is reality? Where are we really, you know, so I, I think that's important to be able to celebrate the big ones, but but also to try to be able to recover and try to grow from the tough ones.
0: Because coach, really, what you're talking about is is building that trust. Um, because when, as we talked about this last year, is you know particularly for those co- players looking at us, and and for the players looking at the leaders on our team, the captains, if you will. Uh, their response and our response to every situation we we were in was an event for someone else on the team. Whether you like it or not, we always tell our guys eyes are always on you, whether it's ours or it's a peers uh, or it's a, a community member. Um, and so the response to the situation obviously affects outcomes. Don't we, we can control that to a little degree, but really what it does is it builds trust. So, you know, we trust our players to do their work, and they trust us to put them in position to do that. Do the work uh, that they've been given to do, along with, you know, assistant coaches. You know, you're in, you're in charge of your position group, trusting you to do it the best of your ability, and um, everything else falls falls from there.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, with great mentors like Gary Stamp that uh, Coach Mathis mentioned, um, one of the unique things about Coach Stamp and 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 many coaches is is not you know, just how he led, you know, as a softball coach, you know, later in his career at Mount Vernon, but, you know, various sports, you know, in different schools, you know, at different levels. Um, So you're dealing with all kinds of different emotions, different people, you know, different motivational, you know, needs. Um, And so trying to be consistent in those settings and still be able to connect, you know, that's, that's just a whole nother art, you know, in coaching. Um, And so uh, that's, what a lot of the times we strive for is kind of that masterpiece. But uh, for a lot of us, that painting probably has never, you know, really done that portrait. You know, we want to keep trying to do pieces that might fit into it. Uh, maybe, you know, write new chapters and they're different. Obviously for me being an older and assistant at this time, you know, it's different. You know, you try to find ways, how can you be a bridge? How can you help um, be a filler or the glue you know, uh, in areas where you're not the, the main person, but you still would like to be a positive part, you know, of the program. And so sometimes those people can help, um, with trust too, when the assistants respect the, the, the head coaches or, you know, other assistants that helps develop trust too, from the players, because they see that relationship and that, that closeness or that idea of being tight or, or just, uh, we use love uh love for me is living out victory eternally mm. um you know again, that gets pretty heavy sometimes when you're looking at things like right now but but really it's just it's just a relationship it's real you know it's you know how how you respond to each other you know when things are in the season and when it's in the office one of the
2: things uh that I was going to share with you since uh, again uh coach you brought up uh coach stamp is to kind of tell you the person that uh, he was, and this is one of the things that's always just stuck with me throughout my life. And if I ever have an opportunity, I mean, it's, it's really showed me the blueprint of how to handle things and not to to get too into yourself about stuff. But, uh, you know, we were preparing for our opponent. It's a normal week of practice. We go out on Friday night, you know, get the, get the W, and afterwards, like, his whole family is there. And they, they've, they've brought in cake and, you know, like there's a, just a big celebration. And, you know, he you know shared a really special moment with, you know, his son and, and Paige, his sons that were there and Paige. Uh, got a phone call from Tate, who was, at, you know, at the Air Force Academy. And, uh, you know, his wife was there and shared a, a special embrace afterwards. And, and all of us coaches are just kind of like, I'm like, what is going on? And it was his 100th career victory, but he never once – ever said anything that whole week and none of us coaches even knew what was going on and uh you know afterwards he just said you know I've just had an opportunity to to coach some really special amazing young men throughout my life and and you know had some really great assistant coaches it was never about him it was always about the 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 players that he coached and the assistants that he he was fortunate enough to to have as a staff and and uh, I just thought that that's always just really really stuck with me.
1: Yeah, those are those are real special memories. I'm glad that you had a chance to be a part of that, and uh, and I I know uh, Coach Lovell has, I have too, have had a chance to work alongside of a lot of different people. I will say this, and I think all the coaches um, that you've had on, and I'm sure others that you'll have joined, you know, as you continue to grow, you know, this this type of a communication is that many times as an assistant, as as maybe crazy as this sounds. Sometimes as an assistant, and if if we have aspirations of moving on and being a head coach or whatever you want to call it, whatever sport that might be, uh, sometimes we learn more about what we wouldn't do. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Amen. uh,
1: It's like uh, if it's really good, like that moment that you're talking about where you can think about, well, that would give me an opportunity maybe to do team meals or have them over to the house or just having player communicators, which would be kind of like my leadership console, you know, in a, a more private setting, you know, and growing each other that way as well as a team. But in that case, including this whole family and that that kind of a thing, you know, those are things that are just – they just are kind of like hit you right in the face. Like those are definite – those are just good. You know, that's awesome. Sometime I might be able to do that. Um, but there are also more subtle things that you just are a part of and you feel like, man – I don't think that probably was right or it didn't come off the way I thought it. Because, you know, That is not the way that I need to approach this the next time. Or if I'm a head coach, I, I need to be real careful. Uh, and again, that's not, you know, putting the head coach down necessarily. It's just, you know, we learn sometimes, uh, you know, through mistakes and through, you know, other f- feelings, you know, that we, you know, don't, uh, you know, think are very positive, uh, and then I think the other part that maybe as you're talking about leaders and, and maybe what we have to be careful of uh, is a lot of leaders learn how to lead by following. And we always talk and I think sometimes in the negative term of followers, Oh, he's just a follower or she's a follower. But for a lot of people, that's how they learn as they follow, they follow, mm-hmm. they follow. And as long as you're holding them accountable and you're creating relationships and growing them, with kind of what it is that they're having a chance to be a part of, they're actually developing leadership characteristics, you know, through that pattern. Um, But I know we really like, you know, that dominant really connected leader, you know, emotionally, (laughs) spiritually, physically, you know, ready to run through the wall. Those, those are awesome. When you can get one.
0: That's well coach that, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that, that reminds me of just, you know, we talk in our program about leaving a legacy and, you know, to me, that's exactly what you're talking about. Coach Riesland is, you know, watching somebody, you know, be a captain on the football field. Uh, and in practice, uh, I can think of every year I've been, you know, here at Marion and when I was, uh, you know, at Linmar and when I was at Cornell, um, I I always, uh, well, particularly when I was growing up as an athlete, I got to see who the leaders of the program were by the way they acted. And then, and, you know, that is carried forward in everything that I've tried to do. And then our young guys, when they move into that leadership role, they're able to see what the expectation is based on what's been given by the people up in front of them. You know, that's that leaving that Jersey in a better place. You hope, and you hope that's the, that's the intrinsic piece that, uh, they get to take with him. I think of a, you know one young young man in particular this year we had, and uh, you just know how much he cared um and and that 's the kind of leader I think a lot of kids can get behind yeah. I was I was go, go, ahead. go ahead coach
2: no, I was just going to say I mean what you said earlier in the in the in the episode here really just was probably one of the most profound things i 've ever heard, and you probably didn 't even realize it when you said that leaders have to be stronger than the storm and I I think that is uh, I mean so so true and and not just you know the coaching world but even just what you know is going on in our current situation but uh, when you're talking about the the followers you know I just when you said that it just really clicked in the sense of what did we do as an assistant coaches when I was you know I was an assistant coach for for 15 years before I became a, a head coach and you know I was You know, I was a good soldier in the sense of I did whatever the head coach wanted me to do. You know, I followed his lead, which led me to the opportunities that, um, you know, I have today. So I think that is, you know, there's such a negative connotation associated with being a follower. But essentially, you need to follow to, you know, someday lead, right? Yeah,
1: I think it's all uh, a perspective. You know, it's a spin Uh, coaching as you know is sales uh, to a certain Mm -hmm. you know respect and so um, you know I think we all you know need to be lifelong learners you know and so in a way we are following or at least we're looking for different opportunities uh, to grow or to lead and sometimes that's done by you know coming along some beside someone and you can call that following or you can just call it aligning with you know, someone, you know, you can call it a lot of, a lot of things. Um, we do use the word, uh, family quite a bit in, in my coaching background, um, because I think it, even though families maybe structures and our time schedules have changed some, I still think it reflects the importance and the unity that is needed, you know, on a team. So if you do include your family, whether it be in our case, my wife and our two sons or, if it would include my parents, uh, my dad was a longtime coach and educator. You know, he's in his late 80s now and having some tougher days. But um, you know, anytime you can include that, and people then uh, it gives you a bigger picture, you know, and it makes it um, real. Uh, I don't know that it makes it better. It just makes it very rich. And in order for you to get to that heart level, you really need something that resonates deep it, it can't be you know just surface even though the surface talk gets us you know what we need sometimes uh we just need something that is a little more emotional and i i'm sometimes get too emotional um if there is a, such a thing but again i think emotions or tears in this case th- what that means is just there's something going on deeper you know deeper inside of you something else is happening and so if if you if you can somehow get through it I think people understand that that's a depth of feeling um, that something really meaningful or something you know that really is happening um, they're experiencing and so in some ways players appreciate you being real that way and they'll say you know I really appreciate you you know being that way and I've not seen a coach tear up before like that or I've not seen a coach chew me out like that (laughs) whatever emotion it is I guess but Uh, But for me, I think uh, if that's a part of who you are, uh, you know, I think that's a part of, you know, gaining someone's trust and just uh, being, you know, relational In three-dimensional coaching, you know, we're, we're dealing with all the dimensions of a person. um, And I feel real strongly about that, you know, kind of operational system that some school districts are using some aren't. Uh, But I just think, again the emphasis then is placed more on you know trying to impact people's lives in all three dimensions and i love the physical i mean i'm a strength trainer i love the tactics but we have to deal so much more with those other things like motivation and confidence and team cohesion and you know all the things that the third dimension like self-esteem and just character and heart and self-worth and that that's just part of growing up and becoming a man or a you know a lady.
0: Yeah, that's um, it, it's amazing how how much of what you're talking about uh, just it all ties together. You know, you talk about giving clarity when we're in, in an adverse situation. You know, to to these people that you're leading, and then if you have that that trust that comes from a clear mission, then you have and you come through the other side or you you're in it together and it's going well. And then that built belief, you know, sets in and then, then you get connected together. And then that love really sets in. Um, and then what, then this selflessness gets to, to do uncommon things. And I, I think maybe I'm not explaining that exactly the right way, but to me, as I'm taking notes, that I've got little arrows and, things written all over my sheet of paper here. It feels like um, the the job of the leader is, is to do all of those things, uh, but it doesn't necessarily all happen at once, but it happens with people who um, care deeply. Yeah. And I think um, that clarity for me um,
1: involves consistency. Um, it's that pattern that I was mm-hmm. talking about. And, and we're human and I, you know, we all screw up and we make mistakes, but if it's a heartfelt effort and we're trying to do it in the best interest of the people that we're serving and it is as selfless as we can make it be at that time, uh, given our own human existence. Um, I think it does become more clear. And so what the players are looking for then is, you know, Hey, this is the way coach Mathis responded after this win, this is the way he responded, you know, after this, you know, fourth and five stupid penalty, you know, this is the way he's responded after, his top running back blew out his knee, um, you know they're looking mm. at consistency, um, and that provides clarity as to how we deal what is the process that we use dealing with the storm and it comes back to the relationship you know and that connectivity so and that that to me gives you clarity or maybe gives you some more trust
2: coach, what would you say would be you know as a leader some of the biggest Traps that we can fall into when dealing with adversity
1: Oh, not um, probably identifying the elephant in the room, uh, I mean not being real mm. enough um, maybe making it to be too big um, you know so you got two different sides of this you know story there one you're you know blowing it up too much, and the other one you're trying to ignore it and trying not to address it. Um, But I think uh, stating it is what needs to happen. I mean, that's what I like about what's happening right now with the pandemic is when people will just state it and state it for what it is. Um, And I know we're hearing it a million times, so that gets old, but um, it's consistent with certain people. And with other people, it's all over the place. Um, and so I think, uh, stating it, claiming it, trying to deal with it in the way that you process, you know, as a coach and how you've dealt with other things, positive in between things. Um, I think that would, those could be a couple of the the traps, um, you know, that I guess that we could get into, but, um, I'm sure there's others. I just, I really haven't, you know, deep down, you know, had a chance to, to think about, that through all the adversities, uh, you know, things that I've been involved with personally or with the family. Well, we've,
0: we've talked about this just a little bit here. Um, you talked about alignment, um, you know, but what, is, what would be your advice for someone jumping into a, a new head coaching position uh, that's been a long time assistant, because uh, you've been on both sides. What's the, What's a couple of things that you would tell somebody right away? This is what they have to do. Well,
1: I'm a relational guy. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to coach. But if you're actually trying to serve and help people become better citizens, better people, um, you know, whatever husbands, whatever it might be, gender, whatever gender you're coaching, um, you know, I think it still comes to having a plan as to how you're going to, Work relationally, you know as a head coach um, I'll give you an example and, and this is kind of unusual, but I'll just share it with you so uh years ago, I was the fourth coach hired at New Hampton in six years, so you can imagine what the people thought they were getting. you know here we go again <laughs> uh now what you know what's the next best plan you know what kind of a you know strategy are we going to have to go with now um, but the reality was for me is that I felt like we had to start at the heart level, which for me was the family. Um, you know, the coaches were saying the kids were all on drugs. The community was saying, you know, nobody cares. The parents were saying the coaches are all idiots. Um, you know, everybody was just pointing fingers. And so you have to go into a situation, I guess, with the priority. And for me, um, in that setting, but also I think in other settings, it was what can we do to all become um, together and share a common language? Not that there still won't be some, you know, difficulty, but how can we partner together to make this the best possible experience for the student athlete? They are the common thread, you know, that we are sharing. And so for me, that became kind of the centerpiece and this was in 1986 So this was way before, you know, any of the things that have come out with. And and that for me is with my faith base, I would say that's more of a God thing. Uh, But it was what we just believed needed to happen. And uh, thankfully, a lot of people, because you did go to them, to their homes, because you did take the time to care, you did take the time to love. um, Not all their kids got to play as much as they wanted. They probably didn't all get the position they wanted. But they knew up front, first and foremost, you took the time to acknowledge their existence and the importance that they had as a part of this team or this community uh, that you were going to be developing. Um, So that's not X's and O's, obviously. I mean, you better be able to coach the X's and O's Hmm. or you're going to get your butt kicked. But um, I still go back to the people aspect. Uh, To me, coaching is a people profession. Um, but I sure do like, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the strategy parts. I, you know, that's, that's
0: just part of being competitive. Well, uh, I've got a page and a half of notes here, coach. I'm going to have to digest all of this information. (laughs)
1: Well, ice ice your hands, you know, you might have carpal tunnel or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. I had to switch to my left hand. Maybe you have a massage specialist Um,
1: there or something that can help you out.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, we are honored that you took time to 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 spend some a uh, few moments with us. I know everything's crazy right now with the pandemic going on, but uh, geez, uh, Coach Juson, it's it's an honor to, to listen to you talk and and give us your uh, knowledge and what it's like to be a leader in adversity. And, and we are sure well, thankful I appreciate for that.
1: what you guys are doing and to try to continue to grow this and move it forward. There's so many different aspects now that weren't. Uh, happening, you know, in the late seventies when I started into coaching, but, uh, there continues to be opportunities for people to to grow and to share and to serve, uh, is the way that I look at it as a faith-based person. So, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You're in it for the right reason. And, uh, that to me is means everything. So thanks for what you're doing.
2: Well, coach, I I was just going to chime in real quick and say, you know, as a as a leader and someone that's in a position of leadership, you know, I always try to look at a situation that says, what have I learned from it? And I just can't thank you enough for, for sharing your little nuggets that uh, you've shared with us. I mean, I I have uh, quite a few notes here written down too. that, uh, you know, just some of the little things, you know, again, I I said earlier that uh, leaders have to be stronger than the storm. And, and that's something that I'm going to carry on with me uh, to as a reminder of when we face moments of adversity. And, you know, I've just always been a huge fan of you, Coach, and I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us and uh, certainly look, looking forward to that moment once this pandemic is over where we can actually get together and not social distance from each other and, and you know, have, uh, have a nice conversation.
1: Yeah, appreciate that, and uh, thanks again for what you're doing. I'll close with this acronym – it's our family motto, uh, you know, we all have things, as you know, and I know Tim's aware of it, but we lost our first son to a heart defect. So our family motto, and, and uh, going back to his question about what would you recommend to coaches getting, you know, a head job or whatever, um, you know, going in to be able to tell them that really, from a transformational purpose standpoint, for my why, this is about heart. and For us, what that means is heroic effort, and remember teamwork and i don't i don't know what everybody's definition is of hero um i know you know it's better than just showing up and hanging out um and effort is measurable um and then we also have to remember that it takes Mm -hmm. a whole team i mean it takes an army and so that's where the parents the administration the assistant coaches your non-starters um you know, I might come up with a new position this year for Coach Lovell where I might just be because of the changes in my role. I may just be um the position coach for the non starter. We may develop our own group and I may just try to help grow them because they don't, you know, maybe get enough. Um and maybe I need to give to them. Hmm. Um maybe it doesn't help them get more starts, I don't know, but it might help them shape their lives in some way. So there's there's always ways to to get better. Um, so, so thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to grow and continue to learn.
0: Well, with that, uh, thank you to everyone who's tuned in tonight. Uh, this has been some, some of the best, uh, work that we've had so far. Uh, we're going to have this up here real quick and uh, we can't wait for your feedback. If, if you like this podcast, uh, tune into Apple podcast or Google podcast and rate review, subscribe. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, about things that you'd like to hear from in the future. We are thankful to Coach Reason for spending some time with us tonight. And as always, let's continue to pursue life, leadership, and greatness in all that we do. Have a great night.
1: Take care, man.
0: Stay safe. Yes.